Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another episode issue. Welcome to another issue of Mighty (laughs) Marvel Geeks. See, I'm not even going to edit that out because it just adds to the flavor of the show. Yes, it does. Uh, It is the Intrepid Trio plus one. Uh, It would have been plus two, but had a a last-minute situation where... We're short a member for our roundtable this week. It's, like I said, the Intrepid Trio, Kylan, Eric, myself, Mike, and joining us from Diz Dads is Aaron. How is everyone doing? Good. How are you? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me back. Dealing with the rain down here. <laughs> so um, I want to hit some business stuff right off the top of the bat on MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Look at the top in the menu. There's a link to our T Public store. Check it out. You get T-shirts, stickers, cases, notebooks, mugs, travel mugs, uh, sweatshirts, all types of stuff with the Mighty Marvel Geeks logo on it. Uh, we have the Star Wars Celebration logo as well that we did for for celebration that's there as well um check out ripped apparel they got some great marvel mashup shirts there uh comic bento great place to to build up your graphic novel collection and i believe this month's box has a marvel book in it um also to check out superhero stuff I introduced Eric to it at Celebration. <laughs> Probably one of the best things I could have done. <laughs> have you been in? The, have you gone to the dinged and bent section? A superhero stuff? Yeah, doesn't that? I think that has a dinged. No, wrong site. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Super superhero stuff has some great hats, some great yeah. socks. Uh, Eric and Matt got some great um, business card holders, essentially, right? Yeah, that's well. They're they're card holders, money clips. That sort of thing. Cool. Um, that's where I got my hat that you see me wearing in Celebration and the different Celebration picks. Um, I mean, it's also where the Hero Box comes from, and they've got the Spider-Man box that's coming out. Um, I think it's coming out soon, as a matter of fact. Ah. There's two different levels with it, so uh, so yeah, check those out. You can find them on the homepage of MightyMarvelGeeks.net. So, let's get into some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Sweet. Excellent. Okay, first off, I just want to say that I have not it's fair that i enjoy being proven wrong but this is one of those occasions where we actually are getting a season five yes yeah Mm -hmm. yes 
I mean, there's still some shenanigans about the schedule. Yeah. But but the fact that we're actually getting a season five to me is a tr- uh, it's it's a great thing. It's a triumph of the human spirit. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, you know, um, numbers don't lie. Generally, they do. Well, they g- generally. Mark uh, well, Twain they- said it. There are three <laughs> types of falsehoods: lies, dang lies, and statistics. Just look at your Good checkbook point. registry. Good point. <laughs> but in this case, they could not deny. You know, the numbers the the numbers were overwhelming for them to. You know, I mean, because they they taken the show, moved it to the death slot or what was perceived to be the death slot and the the fans followed and on top of that i think the the change in format so to speak may have generated some new interest in it too you know yeah um I like I you know I I I I'm glad to have been wrong in this one as well. So well, I, I want to say I called it all along. I said they were going to get a fifth fifth season, and I think that to a large extent um, that sort of re envisioning of the season arc into the three pods really probably saved the show. Um, mm. It it, it yeah. found a way to manage to, to engage and then re engage viewers after those sort of inevitable breaks. Um, right. And in, in past seasons, they just haven't bounced back from the breaks. And this time, because they had new story arcs ready to ramp up, uh, I think it, it really made a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt more like reading a comic book. Yes, yes. it did. Yes, very much so. And so it's kind of like we got three issues right. this season. And and then to be able to uh, wrap to to wrap up all three issues in the last episode, so that it didn't feel, even though it, it could easily have been three separate stories, but to be able to wrap it up so that as you're, you know, when you're watching that final that that final uh, episode, you're like, ah, 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 and it all comes together in one handsome volume. Here you go, you know, it's the trade paperback issue. Yes. It is. It was a very very a very Whedon-esque uh, you know, wrapping things up with a bow at the end there, um, and and still sort of opening a door to go forward too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the look on my—I I had a coworker who got turned on to Agents of Shield this season, and the look on his face when he after watching the final episode, and he goes, "They're in space." I'm like, I have nothing else to tell you. <laughs> I, I said, I'm here with you. I understand they're in space. There's a couple things it could be, but if I explained that to you, we would have to be here all summer talking about it. <laughs> okay, but before we start speculating on what that could be, let's let's rewind and start back at the beginning of the season. Yeah, let's do that. Where we right. where we had Ghost Rider, the not the Johnny Blaze, not no. the Dan Ketch, no. and what the heck is he doing riding around in a Dodge Charger? Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, it did. It really did. It, it did. The more I, I, the more I found out about the character, and the more we watched the character, mm-hmm. the more I liked Robbie Reyes. Yes, I, you know, I sat there, you know, uh, back in the summer where we're seeing that you see those, you're seeing that fire chain, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, oh, and, yeah, and, and we're like, okay, it could be, and, and we all were going right because we all thought that it meant going right. Right. But no, it went left and it actually was. And you're like, wait, hold on. This is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What are they doing with Ghost Rider? Well, and I'm thinking, wow, 
it could be that obvious. It couldn't be that simple. No. But lo and behold, it was that simple. It was. But, but at the same time, it was a character that gave us an avenue to another level of complexity as well, because it was the inclusion of that character that gave us the tie-in to the Darkhold, that gave us the tie-in to even uh, Agent Carter and you know where Agent Carter left us with yeah. the, the dark energy and, and dark matter and all of that. So it was just a really beautiful linchpin that, that I mm-hmm. felt like tied a lot of things together and got us started in a, a nice new direction after where we left things at the end of season three. And mm-hmm. and it was it, it was true to what we see going on in in the comics because a lot of times a lot of times she'll she'll gets caught up in the middle of of paranormal stuff where you know especially when the dark hole shows up shield is there and you know you'll you'll have somebody from the mystical side there and shield's trying to make sense out of it because they're all science you know <laughs> you know <laughs> you know okay we're all, we're all science and weapons dr strange what what can you tell us you know but we we didn't have dr strange in this and it Wow, I guess that just proves that it took Marvel to get to, to, to get Ghost Rider right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said now, it. I, I still, yeah. I still want Johnny Blaze. Oh, I would love to have or them. Dan Catch. I still want a flaming skull demon whipping a chain around, riding a freaking motorcycle. I think we're going to get it. Yeah, the, <laughs> the beauty of this. The beauty of this is that, especially at the end of this season, right, they they showed us exactly how we could get just that. You know, they gave us the hint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a that was a, a spark of brilliance. And see, even the dog agrees. Yeah. <laughs> so because you had the demon basically using Phil as a timeshare. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out here for a little while. Then I'll go back here. So it's kind of like, do you remember the star brand from the new universe? Yes. It's kind of like how you could transfer your power to somebody else with that star. You could transfer the brand to somebody right. else. See, but I, I think this one's maybe not quite that simple. And I have a feeling that we're going to see in season five more that takes us back there because – I, I think that there's there's got to be some residual from allowing him, as they keep calling him, to inhabit your, you know, your body. Because, first of all, I don't think he could have jumped to just anybody. There was something about Coulson that made him an acceptable host. Right. And I, I think there's repercussions for Coulson down the road. Well, well. There was also, if you remember, Phil had to agree. Well, there was some kind of negotiation yep, exactly. that went on. Exactly. Because he said, you know, what you did, what you wanted and what you agreed to, that sort of thing. And I'm just wondering, because he also said, you know, what you asked of him. Mm-hmm. It kind of <laughs> makes you wonder, and I'm sure we can get, we can touch on that later on when we start our speculation on season five. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't just a... It wasn't like trying on somebody's turtleneck sweater. It's kind of like, here, <laughs> no, here's here's no. a demonic turtleneck. Try it on for size. There was some kind of negotiation that that took place where the demon had to agree, first of all, to go hang out and fill for a while. And then not only that, come back. Right. Well, and, yeah. and clearly Phil was offering him something he wanted as well. Right. Right. I mean, right. this was about getting the dark hold out of our reality and the mm-hmm. demon didn't seem to want it there. No. Well, you know, the, 
you know, I believe that. Um, well, we know that whenever, I, whenever that, whenever the demon has uh, had contact with someone, like like there is residual. Because like uh, Johnny Blaze, uh, even in the comics, he still had that connection to the dark realm. I mean, he was walking around with a, a shotgun that shot hellfire. Yeah, but that yeah. I I have that issue at home at at home in storage at my parents' house somewhere. But because I mean, basically, he grabbed the bar- the Ghost Rider grabbed the barrel of the shotgun, and the flames kind of like went into it and imbued the shotgun with the power. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm with you there though that Johnny had to still have some connection. Right. As a matter of fact, he tried to uh, he tried to bind the demon in you know, the the Dan Catch Ghost Rider. Right. Using spells that he learned while he was Ghost Rider. Yeah. But it didn't work, which made me think at least at the time, I can't remember if they actually resolved this or not, that maybe just maybe, it wasn't the same Ghost Rider demon that had possessed Johnny Blaze that was right. possessing Dan Ketch. So I mean, that we know? makes me wonder yeah. that makes me wonder if the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider demon is still out there. See, I got the impression now, I, I wasn't a reader of the comics but based on the movie which I know is a bad example to use. <laughs> I was under the impression there was more than one Ghost Rider demon, and each one and served a purpose. There may be for a particular person, right? Well, okay. I mean, now uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there an? It wasn't there an episode early in the season where Robbie is talking about when you see Robbie talking to like s- somebody rides up on a motorcycle and you see him talk to the person, and then the person rides away. That's the episode where we see what happens to Robbie's brother so, during the during the time of yeah. the uh, when, after they get shot up. So then they so that kind of hints. I, I I mean, yeah, and I know maybe no, I might be taking two. I may be making a dollar out of two cents, but. I mean, I, I felt like that kind of hinted at either Dan Ketch or or Johnny Blaze. Well, they also hinted at Killian <laughs> Circus, right? Right. When when they actually when they, they find the dark hold in the basement, there's a there's a circus poster for it right. you know, in the background. So hmm. I, all this stuff taken together, it makes me think that possibly, well, at least the door is open for a Johnny Blaze. Man, right. oh. And if that's the case, if that's the case, I want Johnny Blaze and Robbie Reyes to team up. Okay, well, at this point in time, I'm going to bring up this wish, I guess you could call it, from Gabriel Luna. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've seen this. Go ahead. His wish is... Norman Reedus is Johnny Blaze. Well, I have some new, I, I have some interesting news. Uh, I was talking to Don, and Don said that Marvel has um, did they has copywritten Spirits of Vengeance. Mm. Interesting. And now, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, which is usually what Ghost Rider, Blade, Punisher, usually. Yeah. Now, Punisher, back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe fold. Blade. Blade, now reverted back to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Punisher set to get one season so far on right. Netflix. We so, know there's going to 
be more. We well, know but, but, there's the, but be this more. is, but I think what we're getting to, getting at here is that this is the perfect place to go for Punisher from, because uh, let's be blunt, Punisher by himself gets to be a little much, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he needs to be rounded out. Right. So what better place to take Punisher after a season on his own to really establish who he is than to put him with, you know, Johnny Blaze? Well, again, that brings up the same person who had a conversation earlier in the season, you know, Gabriel Luna, mm-hmm. that he would love to see uh, some of the Marvel characters stay out West and he wouldn't mind appearing and kind of hinted at um, Midnight Suns. Which Mid- Midnight Suns and Spirits of Vengeance go hand in hand. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm good with either. Yeah, I, and, I, I'm and, good with either. And could you, and could you see Morpheus or Morbius or uh, Dracula out west in L.A.? Yes, definitely. With the L.A. Oh, sure. You know, Dracula is a uh, – he's uh, public domain. Yep. Yeah. That's true. Well, and there's a there's a pretty good history of of Marvel using Dracula in their yeah. you know comic products. I mean, yeah. he's, he's yeah. come up over and over. Well, it, yeah. because of Dracula, we got Blade. There you go. Yeah, and if you guys may not have this book, but there is a uh, there's a book out there, How to Draw Mom Comics the Marvel Way, uh, which it has a lot of Dracula illustration references. Huh. So, I mean, I, I mean, when I was a kid, it seemed like Tomb of Dracula was everywhere. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I never, I never read Tomb of Dracula. I wasn't into, I wasn't into horror comics at that point. But everywhere I went that was selling comics, Tomb of Dracula was all over the place. Well, oh, but even yeah. the, even the Marvel, uh, you know, the 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 Avengers cartoon series had, you know, a multi episode arc with mm-hmm. with Dracula and, uh, you know, the whole uh, sort of Halloween arc, right? Right. <laughs> with mm-hmm. with Dracula and and going after. Uh, 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 Captain America trying, you know, trying to, to grab the super soldier serum out of his blood, basically, and, and all of that, thinking that he could then go out into the sun. Only Dracula would try and pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> like, the super soldier serum ain't gonna get, it's not gonna have that much SPF in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you make that comment because I, I may be mixing up my movies, but I believe in the first Blade movie, you see Brad Dorff's vampire character walking around in daylight. And when Blade, you know, questions, you know, how are you doing this? He just holds up a, a bottle of sunblock. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it starts to uh, it starts to wear wear, wear off on them, and they, everybody rushes inside. But yeah, you're right; they did. They, I mean, that to me was that was probably the best moment of the whole movie for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, um, I, I, and I, you know, and I, I, you know, I love Marvel. I do. And I have to admit, I loved I loved all the surprises that we got out of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were talking about doing pods, I was like, okay, you know, and I really didn't get that. Uh, when we were getting Ghost Rider, I'm like, okay, I really didn't get that either. And and really, they kind of they they really left it out there for you to try and figure out for yourself what what the what 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 um. Ada had in mind with the dark hold and you know and, and, and especially when you see her in the machine and put and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like what is she doing <laughs> and, 
Oh, now, I just knew it wasn't. Good. I, I agree with you because it, when they said you get three separate pods, it wasn't three separate storylines. Well, they were, but they were connected. Yes, I, I hate to use that hashtag. It's all connected, but within the within the continuity of Agents of Shield, it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I like that it was, they were connected in that they wove together more than they stair step one to the next. Like it wasn't yeah. just like we're trying to get bigger and then bigger and bigger. It, it was, we're getting more complex. We're getting, uh, there's another layer here, but you know, it's not all climbing the ladder. Sometimes it's looking around the corner. Right. right. See, I, I did like the fact that yes, we did get three different story arcs, but it was also one big story arc as well. Mm-hmm. Very much. It was very much so. Basically, we got a trilogy. Yeah, kind of like Star Wars, kind of like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's pirates. Oh. Yeah. Well. It, <laughs> <laughs> It, it didn't stop at a trilogy. Yeah. We're talking about Marvel, not the DC universe. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the 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 five book trilogy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. But I, I will of say, course, I mean, if it wasn't, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I will say that the LMD segment to me was the weakest of the three. It, it was the one where there were parts of it where I just wasn't quite sure that, I don't know, it just didn't feel like it was going anywhere for a little while there. Uh, it was not my favorite Mm-hmm. Pod of the of the season, right? But I think it was like most true to the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I th- I think it was also a necessity in order to. Yeah. We went from Ghost Rider, which introduces us to Darkhold and the whole magic aspect and mm-hmm. you know, what happens if you mess with it to, okay, the LMDs, kind of weak, but now this yeah. is kind of needed to kind of help set up the what if. Sure. And, well, yeah. here's, yeah, uh, it, and basically, if you don't have the Darkhold, you don't have the LMDs, mm-hmm. but you don't have Ada trying to... Uh, become more than a a robot. Right. Right. I I, I acknowledge all of that. I think my biggest problem with LMD is that my least favorite character this season probably was Mace. I'm just not a fan of him as a character at all. And so, you know, it made it harder for me to really get into that because that, where he had his biggest role. I, you know, it made me love, it made me, LMD made me actually really like Mace. Now, see, I did not really care for Mace's character. I was glad that they brought in the character of the Patriot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they brought him in because that is, of course, a a pulling out of the dark vaults of America past or Mm -hmm. Captain America past. Uh, And that's a nice throwback to that sense of history. But I, when he first appeared, I was not really that, that enamored with him. Right. I mean, it's like he was trying too hard to be likable. Yeah. He was, he was trying to force his congeniality on everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, he wasn't congenial. He was smarmy. Okay. Yes. I, I see that. But Wait. as as the season went on, mm-hmm. and especially as he was he got into the action more and more, you find out you know the the mechanism to activate his powers was actually taking the physical toll on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that at least made him a little sympathetic.
pathetic. Right. Yeah. So I like that. And yes, I like the fact that he had an outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so wanted him to have the shield, though. I did, too. I, I mean, so wanted it because it's Civil War. He, you know, Steve drops it, so you know the Tony or the Avengers or the government has the shield somewhere. Yeah, and I just wanted to see like some kind of modern, updated Captain America esque outfit with a shield. Well, I was hoping, I was hoping to get the sneaking suit like we've been seeing in, like we've been seeing yes. in Marvel, in, in, in the comics. Whoever is over Shield is wearing that suit, and I kept hoping to get that. We got something similar, slightly similar. I don't mind that look though. Right, it looks right. it looks Shield without looking Captain America. Exactly. Now, granted, yes, yes, it's not an outfit so much as it is like body armor, it's like combat armor that you see in like fallout four that's really what it reminded me of yeah with the with the plates on the arms and the legs and and the chest but it looked like something that was specifically engineered for shield yes yeah and um i guess we though i guess the show only allows one shield wielder and if it has to be if it has to be colson i'm fine with that <laughs> I want to see more of that shield, man. That's it was that's darn cool. He cut off a man's face with it. Okay, an LMD's face, but still. <laughs> hey, that's tougher. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I'm sitting there like you know, you know, his his back gets a while, dude, and then they, no, the shield comes up, and now I'm like, he just cut off a man's face. I, and the okay, the writing, the dialogue writing has gotten better yes, since the first season. I, I will agree. The dialogue was fantastic this season. Okay, that scene, and we are, are jumping ahead to the the post framework part for just a moment. Mm-hmm. But that scene where he's where the Russian goes in and says, "You do not have shield to hide behind," and he just he just see that shield go up. And I'm thinking, when I saw it, I'm like, "Wait a minute, his head is poking through the shield." Yeah, and then the <laughs> face starts sliding down i go oh <laughs> and then then colson ever so dryly says yeah it's good for other stuff too and i'm like yes <laughs> i'm like i saw that and i was just like so we cutting off people's faces okay fine right, yeah. he's not a person but you know what i mean yeah 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 I, I was, I was like you. I'm like his face is through the shield, and and then as it starts sliding down, you're like, I almost feel sad or sorry for the Russian because he has died more times than Sean Bean. I'm telling you, in this just just yes. in the latest pod. Well, that's what he gets for making so many copies of himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he backed the wrong horse. Just saying, you know. <laughs> And do you really think you're going to go up against Colson and win? No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, it, the, the LMD arc, it was necessary. Mm-hmm. It was a nice homage to the classic LMD stories from the comics. Can I say, before we get away from it, too, that one of the things I didn't like about this storyline is that I really didn't like the way they handled the the Koenig part of the story. I just felt like they made him into too much of a fool. Well, all right. Koenig, as in the the non-Shield brother, I, I did feel that he was in there for comic relief, which I've really felt that all along to right. one degree or another. I do think they ramped it up a bit more. 
this right. time or you know, this this yeah. po- this season. Uh, but I will say, I love the fact that he. We kept thinking maybe the Canings are LMDs. Maybe that's how we're going to see it. True, but really, it's just triplets and a sister. Right. I mean, it's like hello, red herring. I love this. Yes. Well, that that was fun and that I liked, but I was disappointed that Koenig didn't. I, I just I felt like it, it was a um, disservice to the character to to make him such a buffoon. I, the 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 oh excuse me quadruplets uh yeah. one died the two and then the the one in the in the bar is like now him i was just like really this is just sad <laughs> and i really just i thought he was underused this season yeah yeah you know maybe pat oswalt was too busy doing mst3k but I, I still think that he could have had a bigger role and i want to know what happened to him right i well okay him as in the brothers and the sister i want to know where they are right at the end of all this so yeah but that's that's what i'm thinking about the lmds it was nice homage it was it was necessary to set up framework but yeah it was kind of the weakest because the are you real are you not are you the person i know i would say that i did like the the relationship between robo may and colson yeah because well that was handled well that was and the ramifications that have that are popping up afterwards yeah Mm kind of like you know with with the bottle of hague did y'all know what that was when you were watching it? No. I, I looked it up. It is a uh, type of Scotch whiskey. It's a bit, it was originally, uh, it was originally done in the, uh, in the mid 1700s. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the guy that, uh, that founded the company married into the, uh, the Stein family, which I think was, am I reading this right? Margaret Stein of the Stein family in 1751, their daughter married John Jameson, who founded the Jameson Oski company. So you basically have the three significant figures in the whiskey market from the 1700s on. Oh, so this so this bottle was really really special between the two of them. So this is like this is like any whiskey connoisseurs out there. I apologize if I am creating a major faux pas. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a bottle of Dom Perignon. Okay, <laughs> and he went and opened it with uh, LMD. Yeah, he thought he was doing it with. He thought he was sharing it with with real May, but it was Robo May. Well. And so that's leading to some questions that Colson didn't want to have to answer. Like that whole, did things get weird? Mm-hmm. Did, did I make a move on you? Or did I try to kill you? And he's, you, know, like you saw the relief side. Yes, you tried to kill me. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> and... That that part I, I like, but th- but that scene right there at the end, my favorite part of this, and it wasn't just because it was the ending. It was probably the best scene in the whole LMD arc. The scene between Robo May and Robo Phil there mm-hmm. in the base where she's sitting on top of all those cans of gas as she's having that conversation. It's like it, Robo May fell in love with Phil. Mm-hmm. And because Robo May is based so closely on regular May, it's kind of like these feelings have to be there somewhere. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what was so great about this scene is that this is the conversation that you've always wanted them to have, but they refuse to have. Yeah. 
they did not want to, they they've been trying to like just put the things off yep. and just try to keep things as professional as possible. But it was a conversation. It was a total fan service conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think we're, and I think we're going to get that before it's all sun and done for real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, they, I hope, you know, that, I hope they learned their lesson that we're not going to end up with a Dave and Dave and Maddie situation. I right, for the guys for for people listening, that's a total <laughs> moonlighting reference, right? Right. Ah, yeah. You because know, you know the show got weird when Dave and Maddie finally, you know, those think like you wanted it to happen, but then once it did, you're kind of like, uh-huh. you know, and I'll be. Yeah, and I'll be fine if they were to do this, you know, at the end. Well, here's I'm the thing, fine though. With this, Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield has a big advantage over a show like Moonlighting in that Moonlighting the entire show really revolved around two characters. That's true. Agents yeah. of Shield, you know, there are a lot of other places we can go, and if if we need to turn away so, so that we're not, you know, peeking in while something's going on with with Phil and Agent May, uh, we got other characters we can pay attention. To. That is true. Yes. Yeah. So, so and, have we pretty much discussed LMD as far I, I as I think so. I don't know yeah. that there's yeah. a whole lot else there. Let's, let's get to the really, really, really good part of the season. Oh, what if? Dude, where okay. once again, Agents of Shield, the show, is saved by the words "Hail Hydra." Uh, okay. Can I just say that I have to admit that about 15 minutes into this first episode of this last pod, I was pissed. I was not happy. I was, what the heck are we doing? Going back to Hydra. I don't want to see Hydra. We're done with Hydra. We've moved on from Hydra. I don't want Madam Hydra. Give me shield. And within another half hour, I was feeling a little sheepish. <laughs> now, and, and I'm right there with you, Aaron. I get hydra out. Yeah. Kind of easily because I think it's not just Hydra mm-hmm. that, that wears me out. It's the whole enemy within. Yeah. 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 Because you keep seeing it over and over and over and over. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. where it's kind of like who can you trust? You know, is it, is it Hydra? Oh, and we just said, finished doing that with LMD, right? I mean, the core yes. of LMD was who can you trust? So right. yes, who's real, yeah. who's not? And, yeah. But and this is how alternate reality stories always drag me in because they do ask what if, but they put such a a wonderfully. I hate to use the word fresh, but fresh, fresh for agents of shield. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it, it's a trope that has been used time and time again elsewhere. Like, you know, Star Trek mirror, mirror, you had, uh, uh, just like justice league where, you know, the, the Nazis won world war two, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But seeing it within the framework is it, it, the virtual reality is a wonderfully way, wonderful way to put it as an alternate reality. And mm-hmm. the, the tiny little thing that sets it off is, and this is part of the great irony, is that it was designed to be a veritable paradise for those inside of it. Colson and company, Ada programmed in, it's like, I took away your one biggest regret. And then it just dominoes from there. That one regret was Maze, which makes sense, because she regretted killing the kid mm-hmm. in, where was it, Bahrain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, killing the in human kid. Well, she didn't. Kid comes over. There's the Cambridge incident. And that's when Hydra chooses to to unmask. 
and boom, everything follows down. Colson, his biggest regret was joining Shield, so he's a history teacher. He's not there to to stop it. You have Fitz with his regret that he and his father were not close. Well, because his dad was close to him, he's become the number one monster freak wrangler there at Hydra. You have all these, and it makes you wonder what was Mace's biggest regret. Maybe he regrets not being the hero he was made out to be. That could be. Mm. That could be. I mean, to me, what what I loved so much about this last arc, and in some ways it made me a little angry about this last arc, is that this story is a much better version of the story that they tried to tell in Avengers Age of Ultron. It's a much better version of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the Madam Hydra, yeah. the Madam Hydra LMD who wants to be real she's fleshed out. She has motivation. She has depth. And it's all of the things that the, you know, steel, uh, steel frame uh, Ultron isn't. It's, 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 it's got emotional that, depth that he lacked. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a result of being able to develop a character over the course of an entire television season. Whereas really in a movie, you got two hours, two and no, a half, no. three. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah. This was an Avengers movie. They had three. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what really made Avengers the watershed movie that it was because you didn't have to flesh people out. Yeah. They already had their movie to flesh them out, to establish mm-hmm. them and what have you. With Age of Ultron, you had Ultron who had to go from soup to nuts over the course of one movie. Right. Ada had like 22 hours or so. Mm. So right. more time could be set to doing that. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I I understand that a lot of it has to do with the, the storytelling form they had available to them, but it, it just, it kind of just dawned on me about two-thirds of the way through this arc, you know, how how much it really does mirror what Ultron's story really is. I mean, what's Ultron's story is Tony Stark's greatest regret. You know, his yeah. greatest regret is that he can't put his suit of armor on the world. And so we end up with Ultron. Right. And this is this is essentially the same thing. This is instead of just being Tony's greatest regret, it's building everybody's greatest regret on each other. And it, it, it was very intriguing to me that that ultimately the the message of the story is that you know what maybe regrets sometimes are a good thing it's healthy it's human yeah it's how I we mean, keep from being hydra regrets are what make us us mm. yeah you know yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's the androids it's it's uh it's ultron who has no regrets true well, well you know it's uh you know that, and that's it's a bit of a sci-fi trope, you know. But you see, but we and something we see all the time is, you know, you have this purely logical entity as in an android or a robot or what have you trying to address human problems, and and there's that disconnect. And when she when she finally achieves. I guess a semblance of human nature. I guess mm-hmm. you, it blows her mind. Like she just kind of, she just goes completely off the rails at that point. You know, all her logic is gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the props to the, the acting in that scene when, yes. uh, when, when, when she gets rejected finally in the real mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my God. I mean, you just see, you just see, it's kind of like, okay, this is what happens when somebody who has existed all their life without any kind of emotional connections, mm-hmm. they get overloaded with it and they can't handle it and they just go absolutely mental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just, and seeing the layers of emotion just yes. peel away. Mm-hmm. And I tell you something else that I like in the in the framework universe where you know Hydra's one I love the little references that they make to like um Agent, uh, oh Lord, was it uh, Bill Paxton character? Um, Garrett, um, Garrett, yeah. Garrett, where they have on the Back She News Network that oh, that yeah, in yeah. of itself was a lovely little throwback. Yes, it was. Uh, Back She News Network doing a, a a memorial story to John Garrett as a hero. Right. Uh, I I was kind of hoping I would see Agent Sitwell in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. But this this plot also made me like War again yeah 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 um well because he ward is the ultimate flip side to all of the stuff i was just talking about right yeah because mm-hmm. his his great regret would be you know taking that choice to turn when he had the option to go one way or the other to mm-hmm. follow a darker path and another little tip of the hat reference to Victoria Hand. Yes. Because she was the one that recruited him to S.H.I.E.L.D. out of prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I got to bring up the question. Is Coulson the man on the wall? I don't think he is. And the reason I don't think he is is because I think it's too hard to tell a story with him in isolation. I think that he's a better character with more interaction and putting him on the wall isolates him. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Coulson, Coulson is the everyman. Yeah. He is our window. He is our window on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, he's he's in almost as many movies as Stan Lee, especially in Phase One, because hmm. he is he is the one constant. Right. He's also the sort of, I mean, look, back from the dead and robot arm and holographic shield aside, he's the regular guy in the middle of an extraordinary universe. Yes. He's us. So once you make him the extraordinary guy, it just, I don't know, to me, that feels too much against character. I, I agree. But, you know, and, and I, I I see and I agree and I also I do see Colson as being the being the person that connects us to this to 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 that world. Yeah. Uh, much like how in the comics, S.H.I.E.L.D. is the connection between the people of New York or, or America or Earth and this larger universe of heroes. Right. Right. You know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is that go between. And, and I feel in, in this in this sense, S.H.I.E.L.D. Is but like you said, Colson is sort of like that everyman that you know he he puts his pants on one leg at a time and you know he hangs out with a guy with a power suit and he knows somebody with a flying hammer you know yeah what but you know whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> right. but, um I think that uh, and his sort of girlfriend could you know take out an entire room with a toothpick yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much and. <laughs> It doesn't even have to be like a full toothpick. It could be one of those that's kind of like broken off. Yeah. She'll use the splint tree in to great effectiveness. Yes, she. W- I, I would not want to cross her ever. So mm-hmm. you got to be while we're on the subject of May. And by the way, if you're just now joining us on the uh, the sorts of radio broadcast, we are talking about season four of Agents of Shield, and we are in the third and final pod of the of the season where they are trapped in the framework 
which is the virtual reality alternate universe where Hydra won the events of Civil War. And the shot of May walking into the elevator and then you see the, the, the zoom out to see the Triskelion, which is in all of its restored glory, mm-hmm. which, yeah. was, which was a crumbled ruin at the end of uh, Winter Soldier. So, excuse me, did I say Civil War? I meant Winter Soldier. Um, mm-hmm. But you got to wonder if, as we said earlier, you know, May's biggest regret was not killing the was, – was killing the kid. And the kid gets over here, kills a bunch of other kids – and then Hydra takes over. Do you think that kind of weighs on her? You never really see it that much, except when you know, Ada or Fitz just kind of throws a catty remark her way. It's kind of like, I won't fail you. You already have. You know, yeah. That sort of thing. You just got to wonder, is she living with the guilt? And, and if that's the case, May's right back where she was before her quote-unquote biggest regret was taken away. Well, I mean, let's, let's not forget that we've seen her in a similar place before. I mean, th- this is where she was sort of at the beginning of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with her, right. her shattered relationship with her husband. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, this is sort of the flip side of it, you know? Um, the the Early in the show, it was living with the regret of having pulled that trigger and mm-hmm. it destroying mm-hmm. her relationship with her husband. Right. And then in the alternate universe, she sees if I hadn't pulled that trigger, this is what would have happened. And gee, maybe that's even worse than destroying the relationship with my husband. So I, I think I think there will be repercussions. I think she's still going to feel it because I think that all of the characters are going to have to deal with, you know, uh, resonance yeah. from from the, the framework. Um, so I think we're going to see some of it from her. I just don't think that what she's going to have to deal with because of that history is going to be quite as, as significant and maybe not quite as impactful in season five as perhaps some of the resonance that's going to be coming in from things like the Fitzsimmons relationship, uh, you know, uh, Mac and Yo-Yo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are some characters that are carrying some pretty heavy baggage with them back from the framework. Okay. I am an, I am man enough to admit I squall like a baby when Mac lost his daughter again. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. that part right there is like, you you can't help but feel for the guy because his biggest regret was that his daughter died as an infant. And so he mm. never he never got a life with her. No. And no. even even though he knows it's nothing but a virtual reality, he knows she's not real. I, I I don't Aaron, I don't know if you're a dad, but I know Mike is and I know I am and I'm just like, well of course you're his dad, so I guess you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, just the thought of you know I'm not abandoning my child. Right. I mean that just dude that 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 just kind of hits you right right between the eyes and and right between the heart space too. Just because I mean you know it in just that scene where everything is just the world is just being deleted one item one thing at a time and just that he's hugging on to his daughter and suddenly there's no daughter. It's kind of right. like. Yeah, uh, yeah. To to uh, to to paraphrase one of my own children from an earlier uh, experience. Uh, yes, I did find my eyes leaking about that time. Yes, but it that's was, I, I got go dust ahead. in my eyes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, to to be the one you know, in the group that 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 is human childless. I, I do have four dogs. I don't know if that counts, but. I, I I have to admit it, it got me too because you know the the a love that is so strong that you're willing to to 
live in a reality that is completely fictional, you know, just so that you get to have a life with a ch- with someone that you had lost, you know, I, it 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 kind of it got to me too. I'll admit, and I'm just you know, and, and I was just like, I I didn't want I well knowing the nature of the show, I was certain that was going to be taken away. Yes. But at the same time, I didn't want to lose Mac as a result of that. You know, okay, so. I I knew that somehow he was going to wind up back in reality because Mace had already been the Washburn of this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he. I mean, the only thing missing was the words i am a leaf on the wind watch how oh, i uh, oh because so you knew we already had the one price to pay the one person to pay the ultimate price to so he so this is a whedon thing a total whedon thing you know you you sacrifice one to buy back the rest of them okay but that's the problem it's whedon he could have killed somebody else mm-hmm. true true <laughs> but the, the the question was how was he going to and i love that yo-yo went into the framework to try to pull him out but in the end to say you know what i'm staying right here Mm -hmm. and i think of all of the 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 characters uh, all of uh, colson's team i think those two are gonna have the least impact from their time in the framework if Mm. nothing else they're at the season finale where they're having heart to heart as she's like all breaking down i'm sorry i was selfish i tried to take you away from it and he's kind of like and this is the one thing i love about mac it's just like no it just showed me the kind of life that i can have with you well and that's just it i i don't think it's going to be less impact i think it's just different impact and frankly i think we may get some very interesting contrast between Mm. the two of them who are in a much more uh lovey-dovey open part of a relationship that they were both trying to publicly pretend didn't exist before and everybody else who is a little more skittish about what all just happened in the framework okay let me clarify when i say it's not as impactful i mean negatively sure Uh, i mean because if anybody because if there's any kind of positive impact that could come out of being trapped in a virtual war seemingly all your life that's got to be it mm-hmm. sure but as as the parent of a teen um i can feel may's eyes rolling already hearing the two of them <laughs> you know talking around <laughs> the office because you know you develop that you, sixth you, sense for I the love eye you roll too, mac. <laughs> yeah. i love you mac mac and I, yeah i think everybody <laughs> would eye roll that one <laughs> we'd love it but we'd eye roll the crap out of it yep. <laughs> now now if you're talking if you're talking negative impact i don't know that you're gonna get more so than fitz oh. i let's go back to season one all right simmons fitz and simmons okay they look they they just kind of felt like total write-off characters i mean yeah. they were very stereotypical uh you know geek bros kind of thing but over the seasons those characters and i will give full props to the to the creative staff the writers everybody and even the actors themselves because you want to talk about character development they are two they're two of the most interesting characters in there because you know that they are brilliant you know they have that synergy but it's like they just can't catch a break 
if she's not stranded across the galaxy, <laughs> he is in his own little mental prison because he did bad things to to people. And even though he knows it wasn't it, it wasn't his conscious will doing it, it was still him doing it. Yeah. So so that. I love the dynamics between those two because there it's it's kind of like we want to be together but we're all the time having to overcome this challenge or this challenge or or what have you. Right. See, I, I don't know how familiar any of you all are with with uh Yiddish but but you know <laughs> I, I hear my grandma sometimes when when I see when I see Fitz because he, he's run over four seasons he's grown right when he was in seasons you know the beginning seasons one two whatever um, <laughs> he, he's what we would call a a uh, a schlemiel he's, yes <laughs> he's kind of clumsy he he does things that hurt people sometimes but never on purpose stuff just happens well while the rest and, of the gang while the rest of the gang are schmozzles well and then. Now he's become the schlamazel. He's now the yeah. chronically unlucky guy. You know, the the schlemiel has now fallen on him, <laughs> and he's gone from being the guy who who just you know can't quite get get out of his own way. He's kind of clumsy to being the guy who, in the aftermath of the framework, just is feeling everything on his shoulders and feels like he's you know he deserves it all now, right? He doesn't. Yeah. He, he he deserves all those things that didn't quite work for him before. I mean, in that scene in the containment room with Ada where she's kind of like do you think they'll ever forgive me and his response is is wonderful he just comes back well they'll forgive you dot 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 yeah 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 and you, and you know what's on the other end of that statement yeah so to wrap season four how would you rate it as I have are you giving us a scale to use are you, are you giving us a scale to use um I say okay we'll go one to five one being the lowest Five the best. One star to five star. One Deadpool Hmm. to five Deadpools. You know what happened this week in in comics, right? You know, Deadpool killed Coulson. (laughs) Uh. Just saying, we we can still do Deadpool, but I'm just letting you know he killed Coulson this week. (laughs) A little too soon, huh? (laughs) He's killed just about everybody in the Marvel Universe at some point, dude. That is true. And it is Coulson. It's not like he's going to stay dead. Yeah. That is true, too. Uh, Okay. Uh, I I like one to five Deadpools. Well, I, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll give it four Deadpools. Um, I, I think that top to bottom it was really solid. The only thing that keeps it from being a five is that there are a few places where I felt like maybe it bogged down a little bit. We maybe spent one week too long in the framework. We maybe spent you know one week too long kind of muddling around in the LMD story. But for the most part, I thought it was a really solid season, and I love the way everything just wove together beautifully. I'm going to give it four and a quarter because I have similar thoughts as you. I think this is one of the best seasons in the entire run. Mm-hmm. I, an argument could be made for the best season, but it's definitely right up there. Uh, like like you, I think parts of it, particularly in the LMD pod, it kind of bogged down a little bit. But overall, I think it's a really, really solid season. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it four and a half uh, because of all the, the the pleasant surprises that I got um, and the, uh, the the introduction of the pods being being a departure from what what they've normally done and being able to pull it off so well. 
and like my my issue, I and like everybody else, I had issues with. It seemed like there were some things that may have gone a little too long. But and you know, on top of that, for proving me wrong and us seeing a seeing another season, four and a half. I think I'm going to also agree. I'm going to give it four in the taco. Um, but I think the taco is more of a street taco than Taco Bell taco. So that's cool. Um, I thought the four and three quarters. Sure. (laughs) Well, no, we're we're talking tacos, not chimichangas. Okay. Um, I I think the idea of the pods was great. Um, definitely is something that I would love to see him bring back for next season for season five. Um, I think. Um, the, the LMDs probably for me was almost two weeks too long because I, w- I would love to have seen one more week at least of Ghost Rider and another mm-hmm. week of, of the what if because I felt like the ending was rushed to what if mm-hmm. after yeah. they come. I mean, they yeah. spent they spent too long in the in the mainframe, a week too long in the mainframe, but I would love to see them take instead of the two weeks, I would have loved to have seen a third or a fourth week outside of the mainframe mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. or, or See, three weeks or three weeks after and, and add that other week to the beginning before you of well, here's what's going on instead of them all being plucked at once. They're disappearing two, three at a time before mm-hmm. we get everyone in. I would like to see some follow-up as to uh, Good Ward and Trip. Oh. Because we, we have gone this whole show, we have not mentioned Antoine Triplet once. Oh, and man. that, that to me, I, I cheered. I fist-pumped the TV screen when I saw him. Because, man, it's too hard to lose the man twice. Well, the, the thing is, I hate the way that he was killed off. Yeah. It wasn't a meaningful death. It wasn't a uh, a critical death. It was almost like he was pulling a Tasha Yar. It was a senseless <laughs> death. <laughs> That was seemingly done for no reason whatsoever, right? Except to except to pull a wash, yeah, you know, to yeah. kill off somebody you care about just to just to add some some gravitas, right? You know, I, I he you know it, it was a stroke of genius to give us a character that was a direct connection to 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 the Howling Commandos and yes. to get and to get little glimpses at all the cool stuff that they had, you know. I, which that just makes me want to have the Howling Commando series. It, I, uh, I am going to start that. Don't, don't, don't you you will get you will get Mike on a tear. I'm telling you. <laughs> I see. Look at look at the look in his eye. He's he's playing yes. the music right now. He's playing the music in his head. I know. But see, here's the thing. Uh, I, I think that the fact that all of those reactions are true and honest and great, and and I agree, but the fact that they only exist there in the framework is what gives it emotional resonance. Yeah, and and you know, if we're going to revisit it, okay, maybe we get a couple more flashback scenes or something along those lines. But I almost feel like if that was used as an excuse to bring them back into the series, that it, it would bleed away some of the emotional resonance of them being there and the reaction to seeing them there. Yeah, because now I'll be honest with you, I would have been totally fine with them using the the doohickey because I can't remember the the, the name. 
the yeah. uh, to fabricate a new ward. Yeah. To and have him back because I think that would open up a lot of character interaction possibilities. And cuz yeah. like how do you what how do you do we saw it a plenty between Gemma and and Good Ward. Mm-hmm. Now, you have somebody Colson murdered. Okay, may murdered may be a little bit strong word, but crushed with his robot hand mm-hmm. and who tried to kill Fitz and Simmons popping them into the ocean and basically everything that they ever stood for. Now he's back and seemingly on our side. That to me is just a, it, it would have been a perfect end, but at the same time, yes, Aaron, I'm glad that they did not do that because right. yes, like you said, it adds more emotional uh, response, but the fact they're not real. Yeah. They're ghosts in the machine. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and it drives home the point that bottom line is that the real ward is not good ward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it would be. I think it would have been interesting to at least allow Ward to have some type of um, redemption. Well, we do kind of in this in this scene, like when he's volunteering to basically be the man left behind mm-hmm. when when Hydra inevitably storms the BNN studio. Right. But I don't think I don't think he or Trip got a proper farewell. Mm-hmm. No. No. Radcliffe. Radcliffe. I love Radcliffe's farewell. Yeah. Where he's just sitting on the beach says the world ends with a not with a bang but and he disappears and the bot and the the drink just falls on the sand mm-hmm. wonderful and i loved john hannah as holden radcliffe mm-hmm. yeah. yep. mainly because i still remember him as as uh, as the brother in, in movies well we're coming close to the end of the episode issue i almost did issue. It again, but stay tuned for the backstory where we'll have our picks of the week for the podcast but I want to end it on this note. Uh, we were having dinner the other night. Um, we were out to eat. And my daughter, in her infinite wisdom, brought up a great question. What? Favorite Marvel movie and song from that movie? Guardians of the Galaxy, Spirit in the Sky. Okay. I count that because it's on the soundtrack. See, hey, you know, think my uh, you know my my favorite Marvel movie is Winter Soldier, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, you know what? Allow me a second to check the soundtrack. <laughs> okay, while you're doing that, Aaron, I'm 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 peeking as well. Um, <laughs> um, let me see here. Well, I'm gonna go with mine. It's Captain America: The First Avenger, and it's. The Howling Commandos that's montage. A, there you that's go. A no, that's a no-brainer for me. Let's see. Uh, all right. Now, my daughter did laugh and say, how come it's not Howard the Duck? You know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't wondering. See, I assume she, she meant MCU, so I stuck with the MCU. Despite, oh, the, despite okay. the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy breakout, the gift shop sells a Cosmo and Howard the Duck plush. Very cool. I want... Is there a listener out there who could help make it happen? <laughs> uh, so from Winter Soldier. You know what? I think from Winter Soldier, it's going to have to be. It's been a long, long time. Okay. Well, it's like a big band. It's like a big band number. Okay. 
right. Well, so my problem has been that I, I, I went through two different uh, MCU movies that, that I would consider at the top of my list, um, both of which have you know really good scores, but not individual songs that, that pop out like that, because I, I love Ant-Man. And I love mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. Right. Um, and they both have really, really solid scores, but there's not a, you know, a pop song that pops out or a, something that, that has any kind of a particular, you know, lyrical resonance necessarily that, that mm-hmm. I would, would pick up. So, um, you know, if... if if I can't just go with a, a soundtrack, um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm sent farther down the rabbit hole, uh, <laughs> looking well, looking for another option. Well, you, you, the Netflix shows Agents of Shield are also options. Agent Carter is also an option. All right, all right. So now I got to now I got to do more deep diving um, <laughs> because I, I think I know where I'm headed next. Okay. All right. So while he's deep diving, let's just <laughs> let, I, I do want to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the one thing you expect to see out of season five? A new base sword M- movie tie in with movie characters. Oh, definitely. Especially since we're going to be going into Black Panther and Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Aaron. I'm expected to see sword. Uh, it, to me, it just makes the most sense for, for where to go next from from Coulson in space. And it gives it, it opens opportunities to, to set up some things for for, uh, you know, Ms. Marvel and, and all that. And Infinity yeah. War and yeah, I, I and lo- Guardian to well, I would love to see Nova Corps making an appearance. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe this is what? when we see Nova. That would be awesome. Well, you know, Ooh. there's there are so many. Like, what was it in in the? It may have been in the. It was in the last episode. Um, Robbie Reyes talks about how how th- there's a war going on. And it's not between countries, it's between realms and it's across time and space. And and I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> you know, well, that, that's, I, that's kind of referencing Thor the Dark World. It's yeah. also referencing Doctor Strange, too. I mean, yeah. think about how he how he creates that portal, which, quite frankly, is an awesome as crap effect where he's using his where he doesn't have the ring of teleportation like Doctor Strange does. He has the chain hellfire does just about everything it's a swiss army knife on fire and yeah. so he creates that portal and i'm just kind of like yep it, it we're gonna it. see dr strange yep. at, at some point it, it, right, slices right, I, it, I, it slices it dices it it fries it grills opens it, portals, it opens portals and stores data on a usb <laughs> All right, I have my music for you. Okay. Now that you've opened up the uh, Netflix version of the MCU to me, um, I, I'm going to go with uh, Bulletproof Love from uh, Luke Cage. <laughs> okay. All right, that's a good one. Uh, do I have that here? No. You would there. pick the one thing he does not have. <laughs> now, oh, the challenge, as I quote the show, Live and Maddie, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> It's from the episode Soliloquy of Chaos, if that helps. Checking the list. Checking it twice. Hydra's is yeah, naughty. Yeah, yeah, we're so. going to find out. <laughs> Dang it. Hydra. <laughs> Hydra is naughty, so don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to season five, I, th- I think you're with me. That's it? That's good. Yeah. So, ye of little faith. <laughs> so, on that note, uh, we're, we're going to call this a wrap. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for coming on. But don't go Welcome. anywhere. Don't go anywhere, folks. Stay for the backstory if you're listening to the podcast, because we'll be right back on Sorcerer Radio. We'll see you next week. And...
And welcome to the backstory. Um, the one thing we didn't hit on the first half of the show for Sorcerer Radio was the picks of the week. So, um, Aaron, why don't you start us off with picks of the week? This is for New Comic Book Day, uh, June 7th. All right. Uh, so I, I, first one I want to turn to is, uh, a new Daredevil comic, uh, number 21, which is going to begin a new Supreme story arc. And, uh, as a, a recovering attorney, uh, I, I appreciate that, uh, this is one where the, the tease at least is that, uh, Matt's going to go back and try to use the legal system to take down crime in New York city. I like how you put it, a recovering attorney. <laughs> uh, Second second pick of this week is uh, All New Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Uh, it's a Gamora story and uh, just, you know, a secret quest for, for Gamora. Gotta love it. And then finally, uh, my third pick is uh, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Uh, love the opportunity to check out the new version of the Sinister Six. Okay. Well, that puts the race on for Kyle and I to come up with something new. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it I'm going next. Yes, yeah. Eric, if you'll go next. Okay, and I'll give all and I'll follow Aaron's lead. We'll give all three of mine at one go. Uh, sorry, okay. but I mess up your usual. No, 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 no. no. It's cool. It's perfectly good. Different is good. Just I read that off of an Arby's cup somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for my first pick of the week is Darth Vader number one. Now, you may be saying, wait a minute, they've already done Vader series. Well, yes, but uh, Mike and I got a chance to uh, to hear Charles Soule, the writer of this series, talk about it at Star Wars Celebration. And he puts it as, this is Vader year one. And it starts immediately after the big no scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, the most it, the uh, the write up of course here says you know the most fearsome villain of all time returns with an all new series when Anakin Skywalker fell both to the pull of the dark side and to the blade of Obi Wan Kenobi he rose back up more machine than man having lost everything that was once dear to him the former chosen one must take his first steps in a darker world now I'm just gonna tell you I am looking forward to this series yeah because it is it, it's like he said and like this said it's right there at the end of Return of the Sith. This is not uh, like somewhere in between in the middle between the two trilogies, uh, like with the with the other Darth Vader series. This is kind of like he's adjusting to being a cyborg now. Yeah. And yeah, Charles Soule is, is uh, I like his stuff. Uh, he's got Giuseppe Kamenkoli, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yep. I don't remember I don't remember how they pronounced it there at Celebration, but uh, he's, he's doing a bang up job according to the to the preview art so yeah this is definitely something you're going to want to look for uh whether you're just a marvel fan or just a star wars fan this is something good uh my second pick of the week is nova number seven uh written by jeff loveness artwork no longer by marone ramon perez i almost stumbled over his name and i shouldn't uh the new guy in is scott hepburn uh, as Richard Ryder struggles to come to terms with the revelations from his return to the Cancerverse, Sam Alexander struggles with homework, his family, and <gasps> dang. So that's this is a story that I've enjoyed with uh, with Jeff and Ramon both working on it. So it's interesting to see how Jeff takes you know takes it on his own from here. Uh, and finally, 
This is going to sound like a weird choice, but trust me, it'll make sense in a minute. The trade paperback, Color Your Own Spider-Man. The world's most colorful hero needs you to put the pigments in his pictures. A gallery of Peter Parker's friends and foes, and of course, the wonderful Walt Crawler himself, is rendered here by some of Marvel's greatest artists just waiting for you to fill in the web lines. And it doesn't matter whether you want a canonical Green Goblin or a pink out-of-continuity rhino. As for the star himself... Take your pick, classic red and blue, iron spider, scarlet and gold, or symbiotic black and white. Or seek inspiration in Spidey titles past and present with a whole host of superlative shades like amazing aquamarine, spectacular sapphire, sensational sepia, superior salmon, avenging amethyst, ultimate ultramarine, astonishing amber, or untold umber. Whether it's friendly neighborhood fluorescence or a web of watercolors, you can make a Marvel team up of whatever hues you choose. Now, you may be asking why I'm choosing, essentially, a comic book for the pick of the week. A coloring book. That's because a coloring book, essentially, this is what it is. It's because when I worked in the industry, I was a colorist, primarily. So, yes, you think I would not want to get this trade paperback, scan it in all these pages, pull it into Photoshop, and work my magic? Oh, yes. I think that's going to happen. Well, they, they've done some coloring, essentially adult coloring books in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some of those I would still love to get. I think there was uh, Civil War is done that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of others. There, I, I there's would, a Star Wars. There's, I have a Star Wars one that was done that way. But it wasn't a Marvel Star Wars. Yeah. Yes? Oh, yeah. I need to grab that. Yeah. And I want to go out and get some Prisma colors. Well, tell you what. I'm, I think I'm going to go next only because okay. I've got the... I Actually, no. I'll go last because I also had the MU pick of the week. Uh, well, I got everything. I'm, I'm up and ready to go. Okay. All right. Uh, so my first pick is uh, Avengers number eight, um, written by Mark Wade and Jeremy Whitley. Uh, and the, far, the art is by Phil Nutta. And the cover art is by Alex Ross. Once and for all, the Avengers have decided uh, whether have to decide whether the infamous Iron Man is friend or foe. It's hard to trust an ally you've been fighting against for years, but the Avengers will have to. And uh, let's go move it on over to uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 16. Um, and actually, you know what? I stand corrected because this is a second printing. But anyway, everything has been leading to this moment. It's time for Captain America to step out of the shadows to change the very landscape of the Marvel Universe in a massive way. Written by Nick Spencer. Uh, art is by Kevin Labranda. Uh Yildaray Sinar and John Malin and the cover is by Daniel Acuna and finally my last pick of the week is Iron Fist written by Ed Brisson art is by Mike Perkins the cover is by Jeff Diekel A Dark History Unveiled The Secret Origin of the Island of Lushi is Revealed and Danny takes it personally very personally The Fight for the Chi of Kunlun is about to get very bloody that one looked good to me, too. Oh, yeah. 
Well, it's a good series. My picks are, uh, I'm starting off with Star Wars Rogue One, adaptation number three of six. Uh, Jen Erso continues her quest with Cassian Andor to help the Rebellion fight the Galactic Empire. The team has located Jen's father, Galen Erso, a Death Star scientist. But the evil director, Krennic, gets there first. Uh, second, I went with Rocket number two. It's the TechNet versus the TechNet. Only the TechNet will survive. Also in this issue... Rocket in court is the trial of the light century, and there's only one thing keeping our hero out of the Iron Hotel. The galaxy's greatest lawyer, Matt Murd, uh, Murd, Murd, Doc. That's exactly what it says. And then finally, I went with a trade paper, or went with a hardcover, actually, this week. Uh, it's Star Wars Volume 2. Um, there's a couple different options with the covers. There's the AHA cover, and then there's uh, another cover. I don't remember who it's by. Uh, the adventures of Luke Skywalker and friends continue. The rebel crews en route to a prison base with a with an important captive. Unluckily for them, they aren't the only ones with their eyes on this prize. Then they take a walk on the dark side with Sergeant Creel, an elite group of Imperial soldiers aboard the Star Destroyer Harbinger. It's nigh indestructible weapon of war, and it's also the target of the Rebels' new top-secret plan. Never afraid to defy the odds, Luke, Han, and Leia are determined to make this the Harbinger's last flight. But the crew, but Creel and his Scar Squad specialize in taking down Rebels hard. Plus, more entries from the journals of Obi Wan Kenobi, including a showdown with the Wookiee bounty hunter Black Karzastan. Uh, this collects Star Wars 15 through 25 and Annual Number One. So, and then. For the Marvel Unlimited pick of the week, I went with Star Wars Jedi Count Dooku. Ooh, um, okay. This is from the Marvel Legends, which is originally the book came out with Dark Horse Comics. And I actually own a copy of this book, and I, I enjoy reading it quite a bit. It's one I go back to. Um, the writer was John Ostrider, penciler and artist and cover artist was Jan Dersima. Um, liberator, tyrant, hero, villain, renegade, visionary, Jedi, Sith Lord. The enamic, charismatic Count Dooku is all of these things. Posing as a renegade from the Republic, Jedi Quilin Voss has been given the assignment to earn Dooku's trust and learn his secrets. When he discovers that Dooku's targets include Voss's birth planet of Kifu and his own people, the Guardians, Quinn must must, must decide how far he is willing to go to protect his cover. Dooku, ever the master manipulator, always has another card to play, and his goal is not always what it, what it appears. This is the story of the Clone Wars and the Jedi seen from a very different perspective. So, okay. that's... That's what I've got. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, the, the Star Wars Jedi series, there were five different books. There was Dooku, oh. there was Mace Windu. Um, see if I can find them again. They were essentially one-shots. Uh, you had Je Star Wars Jedi, Aaliyah Secura, Count Dooku, Mace Windu, Shock T, and the Dark Side. And you also had Yoda. Hey. Actually, no, Dark Side was a five-issue series. So you had Yoda, Shock T, Mace Windu, Count Dooku, and Aaliyah Secura. And each one's a one-shot. Okay, cool. So, so any final thoughts? I'm looking forward to, the, to season five. Definitely. Me too. And looking forward to seeing what they do with Inhumans that'll uh, lead up to it. Uh, you know, a little bit of trepidation based on the limited stuff that's kind of leaked out visually about the Inhumans. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I'm, I'm remain intrigued by this whole, uh, you know, releasing episodes in IMAX on the big screen first. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to be at Dragon Con when they do that, and I'm already planning on taking time from my uh, con festivities to 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 go and see this. I, I yeah, I, I I can't, I won't miss the opportunity to see the Inhumans on the big screen. If this is how it's going to be, then yeah, I want to be there for it. Okay. Um, I think like everyone else, I'm just curious to see what season five is going to bring. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Milano parked right outside that space station. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Pine or not Chris, Chris Pratt. Wrong, wrong Chris. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. You know seeing. he would. Oh, and, and Star Lord and Cole said would be so much fun to see face to face. Yes. Yeah. Almost Coulson and Groot. Groot Coulson and Groot or Coulson and Rocket. Yeah. All Coulson oh, and Rocket. Yes. I, uh, see, I, my favorite is still Coulson and, and Star Lord face to face because it's the yeah. it's the Coulson the straight man and and Star Lord being Star Lord. Gamora and May. Oh yeah, that I, would be a that would be so much fun. <laughs> I, I still think though, if anything's going to be tied to the movies, I think we're going to possibly get um, get a Nova, get maybe Sam. Oh, that'd be awesome. As much as I like Sam, I still want to see Richard Ryder. Do you think it's possible that we would actually? Actually, have, we would start off with Richard Ryder to have him transition over to Sam. Yeah, you know, have it the changeover to Sam. If you got to do it that way, do it that way. But I want some Rich Ryder. Well, you know, considering that we we didn't expect that we would get Ghost Rider, maybe we will. Maybe we will get Nova for a time. Anyway, you know, yeah. it could happen. I think it'll still set up Captain Marvel more so than than a Nova. Yeah, because well, yeah. Carol Danvers was she not a Shield agent at one point? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would make a lot of sense. It, it, it would make a lot of sense for them to build a, a sword story around you know Coulson and his new you know number one so to speak at Sword Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it would it would be a nice opportunity. I mean, the the big thing that everybody not everybody but you know the the common complaint or concern about doing a Ms. Marvel movie had always been people don't know who this character is. It's a great opportunity Mm -hmm. to introduce it. So when you asked for final thoughts, you didn't think we'd get actually final thoughts, did you? (laughs) I never know what to expect. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Well, on that note, uh, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So, Carol Danvers, we definitely said we want to see, I mean, what else can we do to tie into Affinity Wars? Um, Doctor Strange? How about, how about a representative from uh, Wakanda? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Sure. Agent oh, yeah. Ed. That'd be... And I'm just going to tell you, hearkening back to our Johnny Blaze discussion, mm-hmm. Norman Reedus as Johnny Blaze would rock. Yeah, it totally would. Oh, he, he'd be terrific. I, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I'm just like... He'd get to upgrade from the crossbow. There you go. That's true. 